Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to... Oh, I'm going to start again. (laughs) You can tell I've said this one too many times. I'm like... Okay, let's start again. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to Disney cast members from all walks of life, and of course, all walks of magic. For today's episode, I'll be talking with Molly Fenwick, who sprinkled her pixie dust at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hi, Molly. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come and talk all things Disney. I uh, can't wait, can't wait. I <laughs> talk about Disney enough, so I might as well right? do it here, yeah. Do. Um, so we haven't got much time, so I say let's get cracking if it's good with you. Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Perfect, let's do it. So what was, uh, you've done the Disney College Programme in 2016 to 2017, right? Yes. Perfect. So what was your inspiration for applying for the programme in the first place? See, this is the hardest question for me because I didn't really have an inspiration or a big desire to work for Disney. And I was talking to friends about this and they all had like mad desires to work for Disney. They knew about the programme since they were young. They had all these plans. I just saw an advert on Facebook and I went for it. And, that, and I, I actually failed the first time. So I applied, really? the, year, I, I applied the year before. I think I took 20 minutes maximum on my application didn't put any thought into it didn't it was such a, a non-event in my yeah. life doing applying for it and so I got the email back and they said no thanks <laughs> he's like I should have so, put in the extra minute damn like what, what? do you know what I, I didn't even think about it I, yeah. I, I just went on with my life and then the following year the same advert popped up on my Facebook and I thought I'll do it again I did a bit more research. Yeah. I watched a few YouTube videos. So I watched them of like Adam Hatton and people like yeah. that um, on their advice. I put a way more effort into my application. And then, yeah, I got the interviewer in Essex and um, I nearly didn't go. Really? What was, <laughs> yeah. so, what, what was your thought process with that? Were you, was it still just like, I'm not sure if I want to do this? I just bottled it. I, it. So I was speaking to my, my family about it and I just completely bottled it. And I thought, no, nah, I'm not, there's no point going because once you do all the research, you see how competitive it is. Um, I didn't think I was the right type of person for it. So I completely lost my nerve. And then my sister booked my train ticket to London <laughs> and said, you've got to do it because I paid all this money for you to go to London now. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so I did it. And um, yeah, the rest, as they say, is um, is history. Yeah. Do you know what I think as well? Obviously, I'm from Essex. So for me, the fact that Yummy Yummy Jobs office is literally like 45 minute drive away from me. I You said you're from Doncaster, right? Yeah, yeah. So so Yorkshire, yeah. So yeah, like that's that's a long drive away. And even that, that extra distance, you know that like you you're you're not just mentally going a long way to get to this interview. You're also physically going a long way as well, which is just that extra barrier. So I bet you're grateful to your sister to this day um, for booking that train ticket. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, once you, once you booked it, yeah, you know, I've got family down in London, so right. I I had the logistics of finding somewhere to stay and stuff. That was fine. It was just she booked the train ticket so I was like oh, I'm gonna have to go now so <laughs> I went obviously met loads of lovely people the interview process was really good and yeah. I was confident after, after the interview I was really confident after that and you know I, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant but I, I was it was sort of a thing where I was like why wouldn't they take me through to the next yeah like ra- ra- round of interviews sort of thing 
um because I was, I was confident in my answers there was nothing bad I said there was nothing wrong I said I Definitely. think I gave good answers so I was pretty confident at that point that I'd got a Disney HQ interview Exciting. Um, and then once you get that you know your motivation goes up I didn't bottle yeah. the next I didn't even think about bottling the next interview no, yeah. um went for it really good interview again again I thought why why wouldn't they hire me at this point I didn't have a bad interview it was real I made the interview a laugh and stuff like that so do you know what that's that's the what, same mentality I take with me in all interviews actually is that if if I leave it and I think I couldn't have done any more like that that was mm-hmm. everything I could have done even for a company as as huge as Disney World like mm-hmm. the Disney parks um it is I think that confidence is really important. And like you said, it's not it's not about being cocky. It's just about believing in yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And I had so much belief in myself after both interviews that I'd done all I could. Um, I had really good, good vibes after both interviews. Amazing. And especially this, especially the second one. Um, it was just that that long, long, long wait. After oh that yeah. Interview. It's horrible. So I was I was gonna ask, do you remember when you got that email and uh, how you felt? I do, I, I do. I, I mean, a load of people were saying things like, oh, I'm going to turn my emails off. I'm only going to check them once a day. And I was like, sod that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sat at home, just like scrolling, 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 refresh, 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 all day, every day, especially when, and then that day when, in, when emails started dropping, I was like, refresh, 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 completely obsessively. I was one of the last people to get my, get, get no the email. Way. Yeah, it was, very, it was, very, I can remember I was at home, I'd ordered a pizza to try and calm myself down. I was on my own, no one was in the house, everyone had gone out, so it was very close to Christmas. So everyone was out Christmas shopping or something. And I'd ordered a pizza to try and just calm myself down whilst everyone was getting their emails. And then it suddenly appeared. I think the Yummy Jobs email came through before the Disney email came yeah. through and it was weird because the Yummy Jobs one says you should know by now that you've got a place so I was like ah oh. <laughs> and I, I cried <laughs> I, I burst into tears no one was around my pizza got delivered so the first person I saw after I was got the in was the pizza delivery driver <laughs> amazing <laughs> um but yeah I cried and then talked to you know, I told my family when they got home they were all really happy for me um but yeah I think after that a lot you you feel a bit overwhelmed after that I think I feel like after two days of knowing you've got it when the emails start coming through about onboarding fees all these documents you've got to sign that's when you start getting really overwhelmed oh yeah it's it's (laughs) it's very scary and I don't I think because all that stuff's going on you don't even have a second to process the fact that you're moving to another country at this point no I'm working I'm working for the Disney company that's cool and then you're like hang on I'm living thousands of miles away from home. It just, it just, like you said, I think overwhelming is the right word. Um, yeah. But which, uh, had you applied for a specific position with regards to attractions, food and beverage, merch, or was, was you just happy to do whatever? I knew that I wanted to work a track. I was happy to do whatever apart from, and I did make this clear in the interview. It was a risky strategy to go in with, but I did tell them at the interview that I had, experience in food and beverage but that I knew that I didn't enjoy food and beverage and just as much as going to work for Disney is about what you can bring to Disney it's also about what Disney can provide you with of course and I knew that I didn't want food and beverage so I said and I've I, I told her at the time that the, the, the lady interviewing me um 
that I know this might you know I, know I know that food and beverage have so many positions and this might really not ruin my chances but make my chances less um but I told her straight I was like I really food and beverage is just, just not something I'm interested in even yeah. though you'll see all my experience up to this point is like heavy in food and beverage and I knew I wanted to work attractions I would have been mean, happy with anything except food and beverage but attractions I felt like I wanted to be in amongst it yeah really unique experiences a lot of guest interaction really it's something it's something that you can't do anywhere else in the world as well when it comes to the highest level of standard that disney provides its attractions with um and tell us about the the specific location you worked in and what that experience was like so i worked at phantasmic oh, um, so <laughs> At the, t- at the time, I thought, oh, yeah, fantastic. I-, I enjoyed the show. It's my mum's favourite show, so she was really happy. She was probably happier than I was with it, in all honesty. <laughs> um, but at-, at the time, I don't think I appreciated how special it was to um, be put at Fantasmic. There was only two of us. Um, I think that year it was the only nighttime spectacular that you... That, um, um, college program people could work exclusively right. exclusively at I know that um, you know, people did who worked at Magic Kingdom like main entrance and stuff could also do like wishes shifts or stuff like that but to work exclusively at a nighttime spectacular Fantasmic was it and there was Amazing. only two of us so looking back yes I, I, I do know how, how fortunate I was to work yeah. at Fantasmic and have that very unique experience Definitely, and and obviously, I I was it Sarah. You said that you've that you were that you were in the same program as. Yes, yes, I worked with her and I lived with her. That's crazy, and <laughs> I'm I'm sure you guys had very similar experiences. But do you have do you have like anything to say about working on that attraction in general? Like, was it was was it a fun attraction to work on in the end? It was amazing. It was just it was so. When I speak to other people about their experiences, especially attractions. It sounds so intense, and Fantasmic was intense, but in a, in, in a sort of organised chaos sort of way. Yeah. I like, know no, like it was it was so laid back. You know, you, you'd get in, you'd, you'd work four till ten mostly. You'd get there, you'd not go on stage until you know an hour into your shift because your first part of your shift was spent setting up the theatre backstage away from guests. So it was a lot of, you know, people with their phones out, taking pictures, videoing each other, very, very laid back. The trainers were very laid back. The coordinators were very laid back. The cast yeah. were amaz- amazing to work with. And then you were, then another hour of your shift was spent on stage, but just blowing bubbles for guests and handing amazing. out stickers. And when, when you think very- back to those things, like how was, how are we getting paid to do things like that? Like, it's just, is crazy, right? <laughs> Oh, I thought, at times I thought I was absolutely stealing a wage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Literally. Like, like I'm getting yeah, paid to have fun. Yeah, and guests would come up to me and say, say I had a few times where guests would come up to me and say, you're being paid to, to blow bubbles right now. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. I <laughs> <laughs> listen to this amazing soundtrack again and again. Like, it's, I uh, just, I love the Disney Mania but, and Fantasmic soundtrack. Yeah, but then, the, but then, you know, it, it got to 7.30 and then the doors opened to all the guests and then suddenly you're faced with 
sometimes organising 10,000 people in a space of an hour and a half to make sure they're all sat down, they're all sorted, everyone's safe, everyone's happy. You've got to make sure that's all down before the lights, that's all sorted before the um, the lights go off and the show starts. And when the show starts, then that's, that, that, that's, that's it. That's pretty much shift over apart from yeah. cleaning up afterwards and making sure everyone gets out and gets gets home and stuff. But um, yeah, for, for, for 90 minutes, when the, the doors open and you've got 90 minutes to make sure everyone gets in, it's intense. I can imagine it is. But, I can imagine. Still, like, still laid back, but like I said, organised chaos. Obviously as well, it's it's an attraction that is water-based. It's an outdoor attraction. So um, I know that I sometimes waited, I'd wait I'd wait for 45 minutes at, like to get a good seat with Fantasmic and then it gets called off because of the, because of the weather. I had, I had one night where it got rained off pretty dramatically um due to light it wasn't it wasn't rain it was lightning really it, it was it's it, it, rain very rarely gets kind of phantasmic cancelled it, right. it, it's always like lightning in the area because of the metal benches and the water so there was one night um i was seating guests it was very very early into the night and my coordinator shouted down to me um and said we have to start moving people and then the announcement comes up, and people wouldn't move. Yeah, people people thought, oh, it it, it might it might um, actually it might get put back on, or are we just going to wait here for a second? I'm like, there's lightning in the area, and you're sat right next to water. Please, please, please move. Literally, and and I I mean, the thing is with <laughs> with these guests in general, I've experienced it too. When they've got something in their head, that's it. Like they're watching Fantasmic and you're just like, I'm really sorry, but no. <laughs> like <laughs> you're, going, you're going to have to move. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> no, it sounds, it's, I, I, I think if I could have, cho- if I could choose like a handful of attractions to work at, Fantasmic would be one of them. I just think it is, it's one of, if not, it probably is my favorite show at Disney World so I'm very mm-hmm. very jealous <laughs> um, but so another big part of uh, Disney programs are the housing side of things RIP Disney housing as well sad times yeah, gone but never forgotten no. um, <laughs> but what um, what was your housing experience like Molly? So I lived at Chatham Square and I lived in a six-person apartment so three yeah. bedrooms um we were the bottom floor so we were and we were right on the you know the main event field yeah at Chatham Square where all, all the all the graduation um events are held and stuff like that so we were the bottom floor my window looked out onto the field so we were in like a prime position within like walking distance of the pool I've got nothing bad to say about yeah. Chatham Square at all and the living situation yeah, the beds aren't the best, and the sofas could have done with a bit of an update. Yeah. But I slept, I slept quite happily on those sofas most, most oh, yeah. nights. I, I fell, I, I, the amount of times I fell asleep on those sofas, I had no problems with them. <laughs> exactly. But no, but no I, I, I had great, great, um, great people to live with. Obviously, I had a very unique experience where I, I worked with the, um, the same person who I lived with. We didn't room together, but we, we worked together and we lived together. But the other... Um, the other girls, the other four girls were amazing. We all got on so well. There was no oh. bitchiness or falling out yeah. um, during that time. Yeah, it was it was it was amazing. I, I could I couldn't have got a better group of girls to, um, to live with in Cham Square. Cham Square was gorgeous. Oh, I mean, I'm a Vista Way guy, but 
you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give you Chatham Square as a favourite for now. <laughs> um, so guest experience is also a huge part of the programme. Um, were there any memorable guest experiences that stand out? I don't I don't know what sort of guest experience um, if there were like any magic moments or anything you could give at Fantasmic. So there was a magical moment. Um, I never got to give one out, but we do have a magical moment where you can pick a family. And they do ideally want you to pick um, a four-person family, so two parents and two children. Um, but you can pick a family to be the sorcerer's apprentices for the night. No. Um, and, yeah, and basically they get to um, be the first ones into the theatre. They get um, like a guard of honour as they walk in. So I got to take part in, in, in that bit, I suppose. But um, like six cast members with lightsabers form like an archway for them to walk under. Um, They normally get a photo in front of the Hollywood Hills Amphitheatre sign and they get to go into the theatre and they get a big announcement made about them. I got to make the announcement as well, didn't I? Yeah, I did get to take part. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they get free popcorn and they get to sit wherever they want to. Oh, lovely. I I imagine though with guest experience in general that it, I mean, everyone's had a long day at the parks by this point, but everyone knows that Fantasmic is such a great and like beloved show that I imagine just in general guests were quite happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, why? <laughs> um, do you know, my, my experiences once they were into the theatre were very so fleeting and so quick. People just wanted to know where they could sit, where they couldn't sit. They got a bit angry when they couldn't sit in the middle and things like that. So they were so fleeting that they're not the ones that stick in my memory. The, the, one that's, the ones that stick in my memory is when you were out blowing bubbles for people um, before, um, around four or five o'clock in the afternoon, getting handed out stickers. Those were the funny interactions. Those were the yeah. ones where you really got to talk to guests. Um, some positive, some not so positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, there was, there was one, one lady um, who was adamant that she wanted a Starbucks and she wanted it right now. And I was stood outside the Starbucks and I kept telling her, it's right here. And she was like, no, I don't want your Disney coffee. I want your actual Starbucks. <gasps> and Starbucks is called the Trolley Car Cafe, but there's a sign and people are coming out with Disney mugs, uh, Starbucks yeah. mugs. And what do you want me to she do was- about it? If not, like... <laughs> <laughs> she, wasn't, she, wasn't, she wasn't having any of it. We stood for about five minutes going back and forth. And she could not compute that the building I'm stood in front of is Starbucks. People are walking out with Starbucks mugs. But she just kept thinking that I was trying to like oversell her Disney coffee. And she she screamed at me in the end and stormed off. And you're like, I'm just going to stand here and blow more bubbles now. <laughs> I'm going to blow more bubbles and just get on with my day. Um, do you, I mean, I mean, those moments at the time, you're probably like, wow, this is not a great moment. But now to laugh back at them, you're like, where is that woman I think, now? What's she doing? <laughs> oh, I think, I think, I, daily, daily that woman enters my mind. I'm like, I'm thinking, did she ever get her Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's those, obviously the, the great guests are great. And I've got so many stories as well of um, positive guest experiences. But the stories people want to hear and the, the, uh, the funny ones are the, are the negative experiences, which you do look back and you, you, you laugh at now. Yeah. 100%. So it, it, the, the programme wouldn't be what it is without the negative guest experience oh, as well as the positive ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, aside from guest experience, Molly, are there um, 
was there like a highlight of your program something that stands out as a top moment for you there's no individual moment that I can think of so this was another really difficult question that I had to think hard on but no there's, there's nothing stand out about an individual moment it is just the people that you meet yeah. the again the, the program just wouldn't be what it was without the people that I met on the program whether it be the um, CPs that I worked with out there in terms of like the Americans or the people that have come from other countries that worked with at Fantasmic I still keep in contact with um, a lot of them I keep in contact with my trainer she's one of the most amazing women that I've ever met um and we had a really good group who came over from the UK in 2016 and it you know I keep in contact with so many people we're all still such good friends yeah and again I had such a unique experience with with Sarah where I got to work and live with her so we had such a unique experience and we grew so close she's you know we're best friends now to this day so without the people the program wouldn't be mean half of you know half to me is what is what it does so totally that's that's the that's the highlight the highlight is the people because it still makes the program so relevant in my life definitely 100% I I'm in exactly the same boat as you I mean I I'm I'm sad I never did a college program but still even being out for a year as well like that homesickness ramps up a whole other level like you miss your family you miss your friends from home but it is the people that pull you through and um make make the magic for you every day absolutely yeah um I do have one final question for you Molly it's a tough one but I want to know if you could go to any of the Disney parks or any of the Disney resorts or any of the Disney places in the world right now what would you do it's such a cliche question yeah (laughs) I'm gonna go to Fantasmic I'm gonna go to Fantasmic (laughs) as soon as it opens sit there and vibe to the Disney Mania music um get a grapefruit Schofferhofer um beer because that's that's my drink at Disney that's literally what I go to Disney for now is that Schofferhofer (laughs) just just the beer (laughs) (laughs) um and sit and watch the sunset before the show starts yeah that's that's my place I love it. Well, hopefully sooner rather than later, we can all go back to enjoying that Disney magic. But um, yeah, hopefully. But for now, Molly, thank, I just want to say thank you so much for taking part today and sharing your Disney journey with us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Of course, no worries. And one huge thank you to Molly Fenwick, everyone. Woo! <laughs> um, so that has been another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, follow our Instagram, and listen to all the other episodes because they're all as magical as each other. Keep spreading the magic, everyone. And bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>